Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I've spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Kevin Landers, you are the president of RocketWise, uh, found on the web at rocketwise.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for the invite. And you make that sound so official and, and uh, you know, president sounds, yeah. Anyway, thank you for inviting <laughs> me. I, I've been looking forward to it. I, uh, I appreciate you being here and um, you are official. You've been doing this for quite some time and um, I would love it if you could, Kevin, at a high level, can you talk a little bit about what RocketWise does? Uh, sure. So um, I guess at the highest level the and possibly the easiest way to kind of frame it, um, we're basically the IT department for our clients. Um, and, uh, and so our clients, um, you know, most of them do not have IT people on staff. And so, um, you know, it's in a critical aspect of any organization is, is their IT department. And so uh, most of those clients lean on us to fill those roles, doing the things the internal staff would do, uh, but also taking care of the things that an internal staff would outsource anyway to another uh, partner. Um, so we fill that role. Um, we do have clients that have internal staff already. Um, and in that role, we we partner with them, become a part of their IT department uh, and kind of fill in the gaps where uh, maybe they don't have the time or the expertise or possibly even the desire uh, to do some of the things that they, um, you know, leverage our team uh, to solve for them. So uh, virtual IT department for an organization, uh, specifically uh, equipment dealerships, uh, such as construction equipment, ag dealerships, uh, so forth. So, Okay. Could you, so I, I told you earlier, we were kind of chatting before that I've spent a number of years in ag and um, was fortunate enough to work with farm credit. And they're, you know, one of the best kept resources that are you know, around the country, and it sounds like you might be there with with us. 
um, or with farm credit because you know you're the technology provider for these dealerships. Is that right? Or tell me a little bit more about your clients. Yeah. Um, so we are. So we're we're the uh, you know we fill fill multiple roles for them. You know, and um, and that's anything from the you know the everyday uh, firefighting, uh, so to speak, help desk staff. So, uh, you know, we're taking care of the reactive issues they're having. Uh, someone can't print, someone can't access documents or uh, some kind of service or computer goes dead on them. You know, all the day-to-day things that that come your way uh, when you have people using technology. And so we fill that uh, tactical role, uh, if you will, and um, and take care of all that. But then we also uh, fill a role of dealing with all the other vendors or partners that play a part in a, a dealership. Um, that could be anything from uh, their internet providers, their um, printing companies that provide their copiers. Uh, it could be their telephone provider. Uh, could also be um, you know other companies that are specific to their industry. Um, in most cases, even the OEMs or the the manufacturers that these dealers uh, represent. Um, in most cases, we're interacting with them on a daily basis for again those tactical IT needs or uh, or vendor management, if you want to call it that, in terms of working with those outside providers. Um, but then, more importantly, we're filling that strategic role. Uh, it, Think of it, we always actually tell our clients to think of it as a virtual uh, chief information officer. Um, basically, it's that that aspect of, of their team where we really need to dig into strategy to identify where where is their slippage? Where are we as an organization not really firing all cylinders or don't really have traction? And is there a way to leverage technology to address some of some of those or partial uh, uh, portions of uh, those issues? Are there ways to be, be more efficient? Um, you know, are there ways where uh, you know we're just doing things the old way of old way that we've been doing it for 60, 70, 80 years? Some of these organizations have been around, around a long time, right? Um, yeah. Especially on the ag side. And um, you've got generations of, of family members, you know, as the company uh, gets handed from one generation to another, and a lot of the older processes come along with that. And so we look at how can we how can we drive efficiency? How can we um, take their business processes and and bring them into um, you know I hate to say 21st century, but uh, you know, but that may be the case, you know. Um, but also more importantly, like, where are we headed? Like, we're all on this bus, right? And um, and the, the question is, when you usually get on a bus, you have a good idea of where you're, you're headed. You're not just riding it to ride it. Um, and so as a company, where, where are we headed? What's our mission? What's our vision? Uh, what are our goals? Like, are we, are we looking to just stay where we're at? Hopefully not. Um, you know, hopefully we're we're looking to to grow, and maybe that's you know adding new products to our and services uh, to our portfolio that we can better serve our clients and our customers. Um, perhaps it's mergers and acquisitions. Maybe it's actual growth. You know, um, looking to to acquire other organizations um, and bring them into the fold, or to expand just by opening. Uh, you know, new locations and new territories and, uh, you know, expand our coverage uh, so that we can reach more folks. And so 
all of that being said, there's always a technology aspect that needs to, to be at play in that. Uh, not that it's always the most important, um, but if it's if it's planned right and and the IT and technology team are involved, um, it certainly can help things go smoothly and uh, hopefully faster. So I think Absolutely. I answered your question. <laughs> You did a great job. No, you did a great job. It was perfect. And um, for clarification, OEM, for those of us not in your world, operating. Uh, uh, Well, and uh, original equipment manufacturer. So uh, if you were a John Deere dealership, uh, then your primary OEM or manufacturer you represent is John Deere. Um, But then you have a lot of other dealers that, um, you know, have a, a variety of lines of uh, manufacturers that they represent. So um, in some cases, we're actually uh, dealing with those manufacturers uh, to help, you know, work out some process issues or uh, technical issues for the client. For the dealer. Perfect. I lived in a world of banking acronyms. I could tell an entire story from front to end with nothing but acronyms. So I just, yep. I, I have to think about the folks that aren't familiar with some of the acronyms. And so I like to bring it up and I love, what you talked about as far as um, there's so many different moving pieces that are going on within the dealerships from just the printing and from the internet, gosh, just internet providers alone right now, because wherever you're going to have these dealers, you probably are going to run across some gaps in broadband that's out there. Um, And then you're probably going to be on the forefront to represent these folks, to let them know what services are available for them. Um, just printing and printing the checks and printing the invoices and printing is expensive. And I love to support my, my timber industry friends. So um, printing is, is very important, but if there's ways to negotiate that um, those prices, you know, that's what that virtual CIO does and yeah. bringing you in earlier into the game helps you probably leverage a lot of these connections that you bring to a table. And I love what you talked about strategy. Um, I don't know if you want to, Talk about that VIO, a virtual, um, virtual um, CIO, and so another CIO. acronym. Sorry, I, yeah. I think I, I think I'd explain that one. But a virtual chief information officer. Um, some organizations have a chief technical officer. Um, ultimately, it's the the role within your organization that, at the end of the day, the buck kind of stops there with regards to to technology and how technology mm-hmm. plays a role in the organization. Um, so, yeah, I mean, strategy is a key part. And so just taking your example of the printing, um, you know, there is the tactical side of it. User can't print. There's downtime. How do we get them to printing again quicker? How do we avoid uh, Susie spending 15 minutes fighting with the printer as it spits out, you know, a ream of paper of gibberish um, and then walking down the hall to complain to John five minutes and then the two of them walking back in our office and spending another 30 minutes uh, trying to figure it out and fix it and, and all that and fighting that technology. Um, so our approach from the tactical side there um, is to empower that user, empower that staff member so that they don't have to mess around with it 15 minutes. They pick up the phone, they reach out to our team um, and you know the IT department. And that's how we that's how we express ourselves or explain ourselves and try to to get that idea into the minds of everyone there. You know, we're not an, a vendor. We're, you know, uh, yes, we're a partner, but more importantly, we're part of the organization. We are your IT department. 
uh, but empower them so that they can get back to work faster or we can identify a workaround faster so that they're not wasting all that time. Um, but then also on the strategy side, yes, we are working with those vendors to help them get the best quotes, to get the best pricing, um, because we've done this for, as you indicated at the earlier, uh, when we first started, uh, 24 years. So we've talked to one or two printing companies in the past, right? Um, so we kind of know how that world works. Um, same with internet services, telephone services. We, we, we get it. We've, we've talked to our fair share. Um, but so we can negotiate that and help the client from a, from a consultative approach to help them identify what makes the ideal print partner for us as a dealer. Here are the questions we should ask. Here's why we're asking those. Here's what those questions mean and what the right answers are and the wrong answers are. And let's just interview them, go through the list and you know, whittle it down, have some discussions, identify the winner, you know, who's the best fit for us. Um, so we are doing that, but also from the strategy side, you know, if you're, let's say you're in an MA mode, M&A mode or expansion mode, uh, you're bringing on a new location. Okay. Well, you know, there's a whole lot that goes on behind the scenes there um, that often isn't thought of or considered until you're in the thick of it and you realize, Hey, who ordered the printers? Yeah. Uh, when are they coming? When are they going to install it? Um, who ordered the internet service? When is it? When's that supposed to happen? Um, and that can really hurt you, if, especially in the midst of construction, uh, where you've got contractors who have schedules they have to meet, and you know you can throw a wrench in their works, and you know it can have a ripple effect. So, so it's even working to identify what do we need in in those areas and trying to get those things all lined up from them from a manage, project management kind of approach. But so, yeah, I mean, just print alone I wouldn't have been <laughs> normally probably wouldn't have been a one I would have picked to, to use as examples. But I mean, but there you go. I mean, printing, there's there's various aspects of it, you know, that uh, if you if you don't have it under control, you you can you know cause disruption to a company. And that and that's costly. Right. I mean, every minute costly. you're down is a minute of, you know, revenue opportunity that you're not seeing. So, sorry, yeah. I feel like I went down a rabbit hole there, but, uh, no. but, you know. I think we can personally relate with the story and, and the story of, you know, Susie's trying to print something off and then she gets frustrated and then she goes down and disrupts somebody else's day. And before you know it, you know, it's 45 minutes when we could have just called RocketWise and, you know, had a plan ahead of time. And, um, I'm guessing this is probably a very scalable approach, um, and maybe that's a way that that separates you from your competition. Um, scalable in the sense that, you know, it's not a full time IT person, but you're there when somebody needs you. And um, is that the the right thought? Um, uh, you're you're on the right. We're on the same. Uh, we're on the right bus. Um, so yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, it's it, it it is scalable. First of all, we have to design the way we do service so that it can be consistent, mm -hmm. so that there's consistency with the client that they can depend on, but also there's consistency that our team can uh, really buy into and lean on, so that you know when things do go off track, you know we get in a situation where there's you know it's outside of the norm. 
we have a place to start and we can check all the boxes, so to speak, on uh, on things. Um, so there's consistency. Consistency is is one of the foundations of scalability. If you don't have a consistent process, um, then you can't scale it. And if you don't have a process, you can't scale without a process, right? Uh, so just having that stuff documented, even if it's a manual process. Um, so yes, there's a great deal of scalability in the way that we do things. Um, yeah, the reality is we aren't sitting, you know, in there, you know, if you had a real IT team, you had someone who was salaried and they're sitting in their office. Yeah, you have a warm body sitting in a seat, potentially eight, hour, eight hours a day, five days a week. Perhaps we're not doing that, but we are doing um, a lot of variety of things um, in the background. And because of our processes and because of the way we try to be consistent and um, and streamline things, um, you know, at the end of the day, you get more bang for your buck um, when it comes down to it from a, you know, finance uh, way of looking at it because you're, for the fraction of what you would pay that warm body to sit in a seat 40 hours a week, uh, plus payroll and, you know, vacation, et cetera, uh, you're getting a team of multiple people who are, you know, doing a variety of different things at, at the same time, um, you know, uh, so, so yeah, it, it's scalable um, and, you know, it's cost effective, um, but more importantly, it, it's, you know, it gets results because, you know, we, you know, for a peek behind the curtain every week, um, our operations team uh, meets for an hour and a half on Fridays from uh, eight to nine 30 at minimum. And we go through a process uh, called EOS or traction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's our level 10 meeting. And part of that is identifying issues that came up throughout the week where we not necessarily an issue in that something broke for a client or there's a problem with a client, but looking for, hey, I noticed this, whatever this is, I think there's room to be more efficient here. I think there's room to improve things for this client. And by having that dedicated time as a team to kind of dive into that and brainstorm those things. And then from that set of set aside some actionable steps and tasks that we can take and hold each other accountable to, to implement that, um, that goes a long way. And that's a lot, that's more than most internal IT teams get because most IT, and I've, I've been there, so I can speak from experience 20 plus years in, in this world um, of IT, most people are just running around putting fires out, trying to, and they're plugging the dam and they're hoping that the plug they just put in will hold long enough that everybody can get back to work, the pressure gets off their back and they can go plug the other hole that just popped up or the 20 that are on their list. And so they hardly ever get to stop and actually think strategically and how can we improve things? Um, whereas we as a team, we're able to, to spend that time every week. And in doing so, if we can implement one thing for one dealer, the nice thing about scalability is most likely all the other dealers are going to benefit from that implementation. Because if it's something that we can just implement, that there's no need for a project, there's no need for a bunch of man hours into, um, and there are no other associated costs, you know, a lot of that stuff gets implemented in the background and maybe never gets mentioned and it improves things for everyone. Um, and sometimes they get implemented and we explain to clients and announce those changes for them. And 
and they see the you know the benefits immediately. But um, anyway, that's just from the power of being having a process, especially like I mentioned EOS retraction, um, and then following that process, like our level ten meetings, and being able to implement things um, at scale uh, across multiple clients, and them all seeing the benefit. And the fact that our client environments are consistent to the way that we build and model those things, we know that we can implement those changes in that consistent environment and see the, the benefit of that across the board. Whereas if we weren't consistent, you know, and every client was completely different, um, not to say that they're identical, there are differences among them, but because the core things are consistent, because of our design around that, we can have that big impact. Um, and so anyway, I'm, I am rambling at this point and going down a rabbit hole. Catherine, I think but, you're doing uh, there's I, I power think and scalability. You're... I mean, there's power and process procedures yeah. and systems. And, you know, and if you can just build around that, you can, you can accomplish so much more than just throwing 40 hours, a man hours at a, you know, at a situation week in, week out, you know? So. There's there's a lot of value in what you're saying. Um, you are responding to what the market is is asking for. You're providing these virtual CIOs. Um, we don't have time to get into it today, but what you're talking about this level ten and EOS solution, I have personally seen that stuff work. And what yeah. you're doing is you're pulling your leadership team and your operation team in to learn about best practices and how do we make things better going forward. So in my opinion, you know, you're different than the competition in the sense that you're not just responding to the squeaky wheel, but you're sitting down as a team once a week on Fridays at 8 a.m. to really dig into it, to figure out how do we make it better. And your overall strategy and, and thought process of how you're evaluating these opportunities is what I like to call them, not necessarily challenges, but opportunities is what makes what you're doing work and if you weren't doing this, you wouldn't be around for 24 years. So um, I think you provide a lot of value in that. I want to ask you kind of a new question. I would love to hear, you know, what is maybe one of your favorite client success stories that you're particularly proud of? Can you kind of talk about that for a few minutes? Yeah, um, certainly can. Um, trying to make sure that I avoid all of the acronyms and uh, abbreviations. Um, so yeah, so we uh, so we have strategy meetings quarterly uh, with our clients. Um, so again, part of it is sitting at the table as a VCIO and getting a picture of what transpired across the the company as a whole, not just IT, our little world, but as a whole in the last ninety days. Um, sometimes we meet more than that, but at least what happened in the last ninety days. What do we think is going to be going on in the next ninety days? What does the next ninety days look like? Um, and actually, we run these meetings using the Level 10 framework from EOS. Um, our, not all of our clients know Level 10 and have a clue what EOS is, uh, but we've, we run that entire meeting around that structure. Um, and so we're, we're strategically looking forward and backward um, and you know, casting out as far as we can. And um, I share all that to say that in one of those meetings, a client um, shared that they had a process that wasn't working uh, very well for them um, uh, on the service side of their dealership. Uh, their manufacturer, their OEM, 
has a system that will pull issues for you know the the equipment out in the field so a, a tractor a excavator bulldozer whatever it might be um and it pulls that information remotely from these devices um that's a whole other story about the technology that's out there in the field um it's phenomenal it's, it is it's wild um but um but anyway it pulls this information it looks for potential issues and it sends alerts to that client, uh, to their service team via email. And so they had an individual who uh, was responsible for sitting and, and monitoring that email inbox. And, you know, out of the thousands of emails that they were getting hit with um, every week, they have to identify, like, what's the noise? Like, hey, this machine has fuel level low. Who cares? That's not something that a dealership needs to do a service call on. We don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't take fuel out and, and fill up the things for them. Um, so let's, you know, so they had to identify noise and remove the noise. Um, and then they had to identify, okay, well, here is a device with an alert that I really care about. Where is it? And that information's in the email, but it would require them to, to go online, look up, you know, the location, and then try to figure out which one of their branch dealership locations was the closest so that they could send that alert off to that service team to reach out to the client, take care of it, right? And so the problem that we were seeing were that some were just getting lost. Um, you know, there's concern of, okay, if they're on vacation, who handles it if they're on vacation? Who handles it if they're sick? Um, you know, their their emails. I mean, you know, you think you've got inbox overload. Imagine handling your own email and then all of these alerts. And so there were just things falling through the crack. And that was, you know, no fault of the individual who's in that role. It's just, you know, it, it's um, eh, it is what it is. And so. Uh, we, you know, they brought that issue up and we started talking about uh, ways to, to address it. And um, so on our side, we got sample emails. We, you know, kind of looked at the alert information and, um, and went about the task of saying, seeing, is there a way we can automate this? Is there a way that we can take the information that we have and, you know, route, do routing? And um and we found that we could. Uh, we we actually went in and developed some code, uh, developed a, a you know software service, and um, we now that service receives those alerts um, within like two seconds. It's already filtered them out or taken them and figured out not just you know looking at point A and point B on a map and going well that's a shorter line than that line. Um, let's send it there, but actually pulling uh, routing information like turn by turn directions, figuring out if if I was driving in a car, uh, which one uh, which one of these locations is closest. Just because it looks closest doesn't mean it's the shortest travel route. Um, anyone that lives in the mountains probably can attest to that. Um, so, um, you know, can I get here from there? And uh, you know. And which which location should I send it to? And so we we do all that. We you know take those alerts and then we route it uh, to the right team. And so uh, now, I mean, you know, the reality is those things are getting handled immediately. Some teams are now seeing alerts that they never received before, just because of the way that 
you know, this process worked in the past. And so, you know, now they have more accurate information, more timely information, and they're looking at other ways to, to dive into additional revenue opportunities, which is key. If your IT partner doesn't understand revenue opportunities, <laughs> there's your sign. Um, so, uh, you know, looking at ways they can leverage that information now. Um, and so it's been a huge success. Uh, the individual uh, now no longer has to worry about this, this part of their job. Um, and, you know, usually the fear is, well, if you take this away from me, not that this was a fear of this person, but in the past, I've literally had people in this situation are like, what will I do? You're going to take this entire thing from me. Like my job's at risk. And the reality is if you're a rock star for an organization, you can take the, the, you know, the mini, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, just the stuff that really say again, minuscule. Yeah. 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 We'll go with that. Um, The unimportant task, the things that are, aren't like something that, you know, you can excel at. The idea is this, you're a unique individual and there is amazing opportunity and potential within you. And if we can take something that we can automate and get it out of your way, then we can free you to actually do something that only you can do for our organization, where you can shine and at the end of the day, add value to the rest of your team and more importantly, add value to our clients. And so the more that kind of stuff we can remove out of someone's way, the more that, uh, I won't say menial, is that the word? That may not be a word. smaller time-consuming task is what I've found, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, this person was freed up to to fill some other roles that that they had need of. And um, so anyway, so that's one of the things that uh, I feel like we're, you know, on the strategic side, since we have the opportunity to do that um, and have that time dedicated to that, this surfaced, we talked about it, we identified it, figured out how to at least attempt to resolve it and then and accomplished it. And again, kind of leaning back on, you know, working with a provider like ourselves, we have people on staff and we also have partners that we can lean on for things like this, where, you know, again, we've been at it 20 something years, we've got relationships, we've got knowledge, we've got experience and this, we actually knocked out in house. Um, but we had the team members that could pull that off. And, um, yeah, so thank you. Something I'm I proud of. And, and yeah. we're now like, even, you know, looking at bringing other manufacturers into that so that we can, uh, you know, take other alerts that the dealership is getting, um, bring them into that system so that we can apply the same uh, capability to it. And then also adding a layer where they can actually log into a, like into a web app so that they can actually see, okay, this alert went to the company, uh, to team X. What's the status of that? Have they looked at it? Has it been addressed? Um, you know, getting some more accountability there, but you know, something that would never have gotten, doing it the the manual way before. So there's um there's a lot of value in that story that you just shared and and for those that don't live in an ag world, 
Um, this is the equipment and the machines that are building your houses and building your infrastructure for your subdivision. These are the machines that are building our airports, our road systems. Um, these are the machines that are feeding America and the world. And so the, the technology and support that you're providing to these, these companies and these businesses, this is how we get food and clothes and roads and everything and, and homes that we get to live in. And it all starts with the equipment that you're supporting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Um, you know, corn, you know, corn yeah. is grown across the country. Um, there's a season of time and a window of time, which you can harvest that corn. There are equipment uh, pieces that these farmers have that they've invested a ton of money into. These things aren't cheap. And, um, you know, so it's not like they have a spare or two spares sitting, you know, sitting over in the barn or something. And so, if one of these devices, one of these, well, it is a device, but if one of these machines, like a harvester a combine, um, you know, if it's having an issue and that issue is getting relayed to your dealer, then, you know, and some farmers love their dealers, some hate their dealers, but whatever, uh, let's put that aside. But if your dealer, your, you know, their service department can get this alert, you know, how valuable is it to, for them to get that and be, proactively reaching out to you um, to address it when, you know, you may be, you know, needing to go and start harvesting tomorrow with that combine and, you know, and you can't control the weather, right? And so what happens if, you know, if you're down a day accidentally and then the next thing you know, that following day, there's frost and there's snow and there's, you know, and you can't, even if the tractor is back up and going, you can't use it. So, you know, so it's important to be able to get that information to the dealer, but it's more important once the dealer gets it to actually make sure A, it gets seen and B, that they, it, it doesn't get lost in the shuffle, that they actually do something with it. And so, yeah, I mean, missing an alert or two um, in this scenario could, you know, could have a big issue for, trickle-down effect for uh, the farmer or, as you said, construction company. I mean, if, you know, we all we all hate sitting in traffic for road work, right? So, you know, what if this is a, a critical piece of machinery that's out in the middle of the interstate and, uh, you know, it broke down, but we could have known about it. They could have known about it. Service team could have already been out there to, to take care of it um, yeah. just if the alerts had not gotten lost in, a, in an inbox. Yeah, so that's a great story. Great analogy, bringing it home to everybody so we can all relate. So thank you for doing that. If um, if someone listening wanted to take the next step with you, what should they do? Sure. Well, um, you know, always happy to, to talk with anyone that's interested. Um, but I, I realize not everyone's there necessarily. Um, they, you know, they will. Everyone approaches things differently, right? So. Uh, first thing I would say, um, we have some free resources. Uh, so we, on rocketwise.com, uh, if you go to our site, we actually have a resource center. It's actually resources.rocketwise.com if you just want to go directly to it. Um, there we have uh, articles uh, that we publish uh, every week um, to just help dealers in general just improve their technology. It's things that they can do, they can learn, they're educational in nature. Uh, we also have uh, several free guides and a free book. And when I say free, I do mean free. There's no strings attached. 
um, that they can uh, download immediately from our site um, that, you know, range from a variety of topics such as cybersecurity in the dealership or um, productivity in a dealership, et cetera. And, uh, you know, so anyway, there, there are a variety of different resources there that we make available. And so uh, I would I would recommend people at least check that out. Otherwise, um, you know, on our site, they can uh, schedule uh, a meeting with myself um, and, uh, you know, just have a 15 minute call or so to uh, fill one another out and uh, try to answer whatever questions they can and and hopefully help them identify if uh, if we're right fit for them and if it's worth uh, continuing to have a conversation. Um, but uh, but that we you know we we approach it from a no pressure perspective. We realize not everyone is uh, built to be a client of ours. Not everyone is a fit for us, and we're not a fit for everybody. So. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess if being a teenage boy um, growing up in high school taught me anything, it was to accept rejection in the dating life. And so I I got accustomed to the word no and living with the word no. And so uh, anyway, all that being said, uh, we're again, we're not the right fit for everyone. And uh, and, you know, so sometimes it's no. And that's totally all right. Hopefully we can at least point them in the direction to to someone who can can help them. So. Uh, Kevin, you and your team have created a um, a beautiful website. And if people are even just looking for website design ideas, I would encourage anybody to go out and take a look at your site. It is user-friendly. It is clean. It is crisp. It has well-laid-out resources. You don't feel obligated um, that you need to purchase anything, but there's education out there. And um, the website is, is very nice. So um, we're going to Close up and uh, Kevin Landers, you're the president of RocketWise, found on the web at rocketwise.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Catherine. Appreciate it, Tom. Thanks. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.